Today is Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, and this is the Loris Women's Leadership Alliance podcast. I am Kayla Schneider, Development Officer here at Loris, and with me today is Jimmy Napersek, Director of Marketing, and Nancy Fett, a 1990 graduate of Loris College and a Professor of Social Work. Women's Leadership Alliance's mission uh, to engage women on the Loris College campus and alumni communities, connecting them or reconnecting them with the college with the overall goal of supporting young women who are attending Loris or who wish to attend Loris. If you wish to support the Women's Leadership Alliance scholarship, you may visit alumni.loris.edu forward slash giving and make sure to put the Women's Leadership Alliance Scholarship in the ne- in the designation field. Jimmy, thank you. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for being here today. Happy uh, to be here. Great. Nancy is also on our board, as I've said, and professor of social work. And um, we're grateful to have your voice here. You have uh, you've got a great perspective, and we talked a little bit about that before. And, and some of these episodes, the past episodes, we've talked about the Loris experience, and, and now it's your turn. Now we get to hear about your Loris experience. Uh, and yours is unique because you're a grad, yes. um, so you were a student here, and, and now you're teaching. So yeah. you want to go ahead and talk about uh, the different perspective that you have? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, and I went to Regis High School, which is now a middle school, yep. which reminds me about how old I am. And, uh, you know, when I was thinking about college, it was always, you know, kind of known in our family that you go to college. Uh, but I never really looked anywhere but Loris. My dad went to Loris. My older brother went to Loris. My uncle went to Loris. You know, and it was just one of those things I just never even thought I should look at like 12 schools, you know, kind of how we encourage sure. students to do today. Right, right. I came up to visit uh, my brother was here at the time. Uh, I always kind of miss him because he's four years ahead of me, so I never got to be with him in high school. I never got to be with him in college. Is it just you and one brother? Oh, no, 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 no. We're the Brady Bunch. I've got three, <laughs> three brothers and two other sisters, and uh, I was the fourth. So um, my brother Peter went here and graduated. I had a brother Chris who went here for a year and played football. And then he changed um, paths and uh, moved out to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And my sister Amy took a different path. And then I was here, and then actually two, the last child in our family graduated from Loris as well, Michael. Um, Whole flock of Duhawks. Well, yeah, and you know, <laughs> Loris has done really well by uh, the Zacker family because uh, we've got um, a PhD, a person, uh, my brother Peter teaches at Auburn mm-hmm. University in Alabama. Um, I teach here at Loris, which is a perfect fit for me, and um, my youngest brother is now an oral surgeon. So we all had great starts, great um great experiences here at Loris. But so I never really thought to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I came and visited with a friend um, and it just seemed like a fit right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually realized later I met one of my best friends mm-hmm. on the tour. So she was um, on the admissions tour and was the one, you know, carting me around. Uh, and it wasn't until I was probably a 
probably second semester freshman that she had mentioned that she was the one that gave me the tour and we've been best friends ever since. That's awesome. Um, so that's great. Um, but Loris was just such a good fit for me. Um, you know, from the day I was on campus, my eyes were wide and I was excited about everything. And it, you know, I mean, academics, sure. That was great. I enjoyed it. I was, I was a good student. I cared about classes. Were you involved in a lot of organizations like and, and the current really, Laura student? That's exactly where I took off. I mean, it was one of those things where basically if it was on campus, I was involved. Mm-hmm. I, I was the student who learned how to use a calendar because I had to manage my time so well. <laughs> um, I, and, you know, classes sometimes got in the way of the things that I wanted to do. <laughs> I mean, really, it was like, do I really know, have to go right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and, you know, one of the things that someone said to me senior year, and I, I say this now to students, is that I really felt like you really took advantage of Loris. You did Loris right. You know, you you did the sprinkling of everything. You did um you know, the, the retreats, you did the uh, service trips, which are called, what are they called though? Trek. Trek, thank mm-hmm. you. You did all the Trek trips. You um, were involved in the, all the clubs. You studied away. You um, did internships. You, you know, all the things that were kind of new at mm-hmm. Morris, even mm-hmm. when I was here, and now are really established programs. Um, I was involved in all of that and loved every piece of it. So organizing time was something that I really learned how to do at Loris. And, um, did you always know you were going to major in social work? That's so funny. Um, no, um, it was always back and forth between psychology and social work, partly Mm -hmm. because again, Peter was Mm -hmm. in psychology and graduated with psychology. Um, I took a class at Kirkwood, um, when I was a senior in high school and took an intro to psychology class and really, really liked it. And the professor at the end said, I really feel like someday I'll see you in the psychology journals. Um, and you know, again, one encouragement. And so of course I started off in psychology because that's of course what I wanted to do. But it was one of those where, you know, I'd take a psychology class one semester and I loved it. And then I would take a social work class and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. Right. And, and back then double majoring wasn't something you, that was really common. Mm-hmm. Uh, people did it, but for some reason I, it never dawned on me that that was something that was doable. Oh, and with all your clubs and organizations. Well, mm-hmm. I couldn't have done that. it. I don't mm-hmm. think you could no. have done it. You didn't have time. No. For seven years. No. So, so <laughs> you knew that because you were a master of your own calendar and well, you knew you couldn't fit it, that in. You couldn't have done it. Right. <laughs> um, and so really what ended up making the, the true determination was junior year, um, Mar Fagerland, um, who was the chair of the social work program, came to me and was um, asking me if I would want to do a semester abroad in England. Back then, the social work program uh, had a connection with Carroll College in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and they did this study away program every year where two students from Carroll College and two students from Loris College would go study away for a semester. And, uh, and, and it, was, it, it wasn't in um, a college. It was all internships. Mm-hmm. So we'd stay with families, and that was so exciting yeah, to what me. What was that like? Well... The fact that I had never been on a plane before, before getting on a plane to go to England, was a, an amazing experience, right? Sure. So here's this girl from Iowa who had never really been anywhere, other than when she went on service trips. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had never been to Kentucky, so I went to Kentucky. Um, I had never been to D.C. I went to D.C. twice, you know. I mean, Loris gave me this permission to go places I had never been. Mm-hmm. Um, so while other students were going to Cancun for spring breaks... I was going to D.C. and sleeping in the homeless <laughs> shelters. And, and again, as a social worker or even a psychology major, whatever it was at the time, that was amazing for me. And that was just eye-opening. Uh, I even remember 
you know, pointing out, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that cat down there. And someone said, that is a rat. Right. And again, culture shock. If you don't have that perspective, you have no idea what you're looking at. So um, that interpretation was so important for me. Uh, And it's probably what took me my next step. So after graduating from Loris, I did. I was going to say, did you leave Loris? Well, (laughs) believe it or not, I did. Although I felt like the next year, um, I did a program called the Mate House in Chicago. That's right. So, and which was like another year of college on some levels. Um, I lived in a um, a convent Mm -hmm. uh, with, I think it was like fifteen people, Um, and we all had uh, some kind of job, Mm -hmm. and we had community nights, and we did all these amazing things. And again, I probably never would have moved to Chicago. Mm had it not been for that experience, right? It was just all these opportunities afforded to me um, because of Loris that um, sent me kind of on my path. Sure, and you're taking a lot of risks. I mean, were you ever scared? or Were you ever wondering, is this really the right move for me? You know, I for some reason, I really didn't, um, partly because I had friends who had done a mate house. Actually, Peter had done a mate house. Really, I don't follow him in everything he does, <laughs> but it just, so, you know, again, he was a great path um, finder, and it seemed right for me. And uh, no, uh, when I was being offered um, opportunities through Amate House, one of the places, and the place that I ultimately chose was a place called the I Have a Dream mm-hmm. program, um, which worked with kids in the inner city and helped them graduate from high school. And the placement that I was being offered was in Cabrini Green, which actually is really no longer there. It's like multi-million dollar condos and, you know, it's the Gold Coast right um, north of the downtown area. But Back then, you know, it was inner city. It was um, uh, housing for um, people in poverty. And uh, it was a white girl going into Cabrini Green. And I would have never, never been offered a job there had it not been through Amate House and, and Loris, mm-hmm. right, helping me find that place. That, that's a gift. I mean, that is one of those, if I can do it here, right, I can go anywhere. And so the confidence that I had going into that experience um, because of all the other experiences I had, including studying away, um, made me feel like I knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. right? No, I didn't, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned that you kind of keep your mouth shut and you do a lot of listening. Figure that because out. Because that's how you learn. But but I also had this, you know, I was confident in my skills. Mm-hmm. I knew I had the writing skills. I knew I knew what was right and wrong. You know, I had a, um, a supervisor who did some interesting um, somewhat questionable things. And, and there were times when I just said, no, I'm not going to participate. I just, I don't think that's a good example for teenagers. And, and I felt like Loris really gave me that kind of underfooting, right? Mm-hmm. Those values mm-hmm. where, you know, again, I wasn't being sanctimonious and saying, absolutely not, you know, that's, you know, but it was just more like, yeah, no, I don't think that's the path I want to take. Mm-hmm. So really felt confident even that first year out, knowing what was right and wrong. Sure. And how long did you spend in Chicago? Chicago, I was in there. For, I was there for five years. five years. So I did a year of volunteer. I did. They hired me at the foundation afterwards, um, and then I went to grad school. And then the day before I graduated from my master in social work program, the um, board president of the I Have a Dream Foundation came, took me out for breakfast, and I knew what was going to happen. And I was thinking, I don't want to take this, but he offered me more money than a. <laughs> 23-year-old could even imagine, <laughs> and I came back to the I Have a Dream Foundation as its program director. Oh, that's so, wonderful. other amazing opportunities. I got to supervise then, then now, like, 12 programs all around the city. Wow. 
um, lots of opportunities, and that's where I learned how to like help fundraising, create fundraising activities, um, events, and learned how to grant write, which is now yeah. what I do here at Loris yeah. with my students. And uh, so just so many things that just presented themselves. And I think it's one of those where you have to learn how to say yes. Yeah. You know, I'm at the point right now with my seniors where I'm telling them they need to learn how to say no. Hmm. Um, you know, because they do kind of push themselves a little bit more than maybe they should at times. Um, and I tell them, you know, you need to learn how to say no, obviously, except to me. Yeah. But, um, you know, you have to start putting some limits. So um, so when did your, your path bring you back? To, like, when did you know that you wanted to teach? I never did. <laughs> I really, it was, again, it was one of those things where because of the connections, the relationships I had at Loris, I had someone contact me from Loris when they were looking for someone. So I got to be really good friends with GB Noonan mm -hmm. while I was mm -hmm. here. And uh, when a social work position came open, he said, you got to call Zacher. And I mean, so it was one of those things where those relationships continued and really ended up being very fruitful. And so, you know, that notion of not burning bridges, that notion of always staying in contact with folks is so, so important. Right, right. And uh, so when I came back, I interviewed. Um, and uh, the first time, actually, it didn't take. They mm -hmm. wanted me to be the director. And um, we were right in the middle of accreditation, which is a headache in itself. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you've never taught, you don't know curriculum um, the idea of trying to lead an accreditation study was really just really, that was too much for me. And I had to admit that, that I wouldn't be able to do that without some mm -hmm. co consultant work. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was fine. And then um, I, I want to, it wasn't much longer where another position came open. And I think what, would, what happened was um, the social work program used to be a tri-college. So it used mm -hmm. to belong to the University of Dubuque, Clark, and Loris. And um, at that time, University of Dubuque dropped out. So they needed, mm -hmm. Loris was going to hire just another professor because they needed to kind of round out sure. those numbers. And that's when they came back to me and said, hey, come back. We'd like you mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And and that's ultimately what would have happened. I, I, I'm honest to God, I'm not sure I could have accepted the position had it been a UD. Now, I respect my colleagues over there, but this made it easy because it was coming home. Sure. You know? and, that, yeah. and it wasn't something I ever... I, you know, I always aspired to do. In my mind, I was thinking, oh, we'll teach for a couple of years, see what we think about that, and then we'll move on to Arizona, which is where all my family seems to be migrating to. But, um, you know, here I am 25 years later. Yeah. So um, it was a nice fit. Um, it wasn't, you know, it was rocky. I mean, there were there were some years where I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Sure. Um, and some of that was personal, right? I mean, I was single and... Um, all my friends were getting married and I'm thinking I live in Dubuque and I don't seem to be dating anybody. You know I mean? So some of that was just kind of personal angst. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I spent a summer out in Arizona working for an organization that helped women get off welfare. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I distinctly remember coming, driving back to, um, back home, um, to come teach at Loris that fall and thinking I'm okay with this. This mm -hmm. is, you know, whatever, whatever will be, will be, I'm happy where I'm working. I like my friends. I've got nieces and nephews. You know, I mean, all those things that you're, you know, you kind of justify, but also, am I okay with this? Right. And of course, two months later, I met my husband. There you go. And, and all and those pieces <laughs> come together. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of stuck here because he's a, he's really a Dubuqueer. <laughs> and uh, no, I, we live on Piasta now. We live near his family and we have two kids who are in high school and Life is good, and that's, I can't imagine being anywhere else. That's good. Well, Loris is grateful to have you um, here teaching, teaching our 
future. Yeah. They're our future. You, yeah. The students you're teaching are our future. And I want to touch base a little bit on the relationships because I think that that is something that I have said several times, like the community, the relationships that you're building here at Loris, they really are meaningful. Yeah. And um, you're right about saying, don't burn those bridges. Use those connections because they can help you. How do you, how do you voice that to your students when you're teaching them? So whatever we're doing, it must be working on some levels because one of my favorite, favorite things is when a student um, posts a job that at their agency and then advocates for a Laura student to be there. Mm-hmm. So um, we just had a, a student who was probably hired, helped hire four different Laura students at her agency post that she had Whoa. just hired another one. I mean, it is just, it's those connections that are so, so important that, you know, as much as I want to stay in contact with my students, um, after they graduate and you know sometimes that's through Facebook sometimes it's through email or those kind of things um, it's really important not only for them but it, it's such it's so good to hear how much they've grown yeah right um, I mean some of them are, are leaving us prepared mature ready to tackle the world and some of them are leaving you know prepared but they're unsure of themselves and so then to, for them to see their find their footing and mm-hmm. watch them fly is mm-hmm amazing yeah. and exciting and you know to find out that they've gone on to grad school or that they've got their the job of their dreams which one of them just posted um never imagined that she would be able to get a job like this but yeah. a lore student posted it and um she was accepted that's and fantastic so, you know it's 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 that um and i use my, the examples even of my world all the time about mm-hmm. how those kind of, i mean i found my first apartment because of don lowen who worked yeah. here at the time i mean it was just one of those Everyone watches out for each other, and but you have to be connected. You mm-hmm. have to, you have to um, make sure that that is something important. And it it is the you know I, I we talk about job searching, mm-hmm. and you know go ahead and do it the lazy way and find it, something in a paper. But the reason it's in the paper is because it's unwanted and it's always you know it, it, you're going to be in it six months or a year and you're going to burn out and you're going to go to the next job. Mm-hmm. You need to have connections. You need mm-hmm. to build those relationships. So every time you're out in the community, every time you do a 10-hour placement or you do a 100-hour placement or you do a 150-hour placement or you're in a field placement, recognize those are the people. Yeah. Those people know people in Chicago. They might not know social workers in Chicago, but they know people, and they're the ones that are going to help you connect. And they might know, pe- you know, they know people in Arizona or they know people in Colorado. Sure. And those kind of references sometimes – can be so much more important than mine mm-hmm. because they're actually doing the work. And so helping them recognize that um, making those connections and keeping those relationships are important. Important. Sh- and that you just never know where your future is going to take you. So this idea that I'm in my dream job, I don't need to talk to these people yeah. anymore. That's wrong. It's short-sighted. Yeah, it yeah. is very short-sighted. You don't want to be complacent. And so with the Women's Leadership Alliance and having the networking and professional development committees um, as it continues to grow, yeah. I see that just that piece being so important and vital to, to supporting the current students, um, you know, because there's the scholarship that we're able to to award each year, but then there's other aspects of it All as well. All the programming, the, mm-hmm. the inspirational speakers that come back to Loris and um, even just making those connections. Even the fact that we're sitting there reading all these amazing scholarship applications and and um, I've never met, you know, 70 of these people and mm-hmm. how cool that is then to meet them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, on the sidewalk mm-hmm. a week later I know. or hear their name again and just think these are going to be powerful people someday and how can we help them mm-hmm. get there? 
before they maybe they even believe it, we believe it. Yeah. And so trying to figure out how to make that happen and to the best of our ability, mm-hmm. I, I think we've done amazing things in the last couple of years. Yeah. And I hope it continues. And I hope people recognize that because, boy, the potential here. Yeah. You know, even, even the potential yeah. from the student who is, I mean, I see kids who, you know, might not be going to class regularly or aren't turning their regular <clears throat> assignments in. And, and I bring them into my office and go, I see what you could be. I don't know if you can see it, but trust me, it's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, but you got to start. The behavior has to follow. And and I'm not saying I'm this miracle worker, but I think sometimes people just need to hear that they're worth something and that mm-hmm. we believe in them. And, oh, gosh. Absolutely. I, you feel like a mom every time, you know, they all walk <laughs> out the door. I mean, some some years it is really hard sure. watching them all walk away. Yeah. You know, I, I, over the years there's been – Hundreds, right? Hundreds of students that you've had an impact on. One we feature just this fall, and I believe you know it's yeah. because of your help connecting us. Uh, Dana O'Neill, uh, you know, a former student of yours, has now started her own uh, wilderness therapy company called Crux. Um, you know, I, I know we could probably sit here and talk for hours on on all the things that your students are doing, but talk to us a little bit about uh, what maybe you saw in Dana when she was a student here, and and you know what your feelings are now seeing what she's done. A post-graduation. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, Dana's one of those kids that I had to bring into my office and say, look. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, she, was, she, she wasn't involved in anything on campus. She, was, she didn't have a job. She, and she was barely going to class, right? And I, I could see that she had that, the capability. And she had great support, I think, from family. And she had, really, she had a really good friendship network. And I said, look, if social work is what you want to do, you got to start behaving that way, right? Because you can't graduate in four years and say, I had a 3.0 and you've got nothing to put on your resume, right? I mean, that's obviously not what we do. We don't Mm -hmm. do it just to throw stuff on our resume, but you do it because you need to develop confidence. You need to know this is kind of where you need to be. And so Dana that semester um, got involved in the rescue mission and she worked in their, uh, their store and she was organizing things and boy, did she find her niche. She found a passion, um, with the most vulnerable population. And she continued to follow that um, until she graduated from Loris, and then obviously then after. Dana also was one of those students that, um, in my, my human behavior class, which is usually about sophomore year, they visit an older adult partner. Um, and they have to visit them 10 times, and it's all about just starting to learn how to build a relationship, right? No therapy, right? It's not that, just going and saying hi yeah. and how's your day. And uh, Dana loved it, and, you know, about week 12 in in the semester, I start talking about closure and about how you have to start learning how to say goodbye. And for some of you, you went into this kicking and screaming, and now you're going kicking and screaming out because you don't want to walk away from this person. Well, Dana ignored my advice. And um, (laughs) she never ended with her partner, Mary. Never. I mean, I think they still talk monthly. And she lives out in California, and Mary lives at Mount Pleasant. So um, she has held her partner's hand while her children died. And um, so talk about building relationships, yeah. you know, that she is just one of those. And then she followed her, her dreams and she was always an outdoor person and she um, went to grad school and just flew and, you know, became really involved with um, older adults, came very involved with veterans. And she put all of her passions together and created this organization, which blew me away blew me away um not that i didn't see the potential but 
boy, she's mm-hmm. still pretty well, darn young. Because it probably would have been close to 10 years ago that you would have had that conversation with her. Of, yeah. Hey, what, let, let's let's get this going. And so yeah. to see that kind of development over the course of 10 years yeah. uh, seems pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was, again, amazing to begin with. She just needed to believe in herself and yeah. needed some kind of path to get her there. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So it, it, what's what's maybe one thing that that you can take from, you know, Dana's experience and her, the path that she's traveled and, and apply that to students that you're seeing today? Hmm. Well, you know, how they end is not how they start out, mm-hmm. you know. So I think every student, you know, they're, they're all coming with stuff, mm-hmm. right? They're all coming with, um, you know, family situations. They're coming from different kinds of environments. They're coming from different cultures. They're coming from um, different political perspectives. They're coming from different religious perspectives. They're coming from, um, you know, some trauma Mm -hmm. um, or some um, um, point where they uh, really never needed to do anything to prove themselves. And so when they show up and they see that, Loris has all these different things that they can get involved in. Some of them are a little bit afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's just encouragement, 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 you know. Um, And uh, so, you know, I think any student that comes into my office, I hope for the most part they usually leave feeling pretty good about themselves because any student who's majoring in social work, I mean, I can honestly say I am proud of all of them. Mm -hmm. I can see it, right? I mean, because you don't pick social work unless you know you're going to have to work hard mm-hmm. and uh, and have, you know, probably a little gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so the, most of them go into it with their eyes really wide open and really want to work hard and are committed for a variety of reasons um, because of those backgrounds. And uh, they all can get there. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes it's, you know, I want them reaching out to us and saying, you know, help me. And But sometimes we got to just grab them. Right. Right, because they don't—they don't know where they're going. They're Just walking help around them, in a circle. Help them maximize their potential. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I mean, walking around in the circle at Loris, you can still graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you can—you know—you've got some. You might be coming from a really great academically, you know, great school, and so you've got some of those those capabilities. But there are some students that don't have that and really don't know the first step to being successful in school. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to do the baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and they can all get there. Yeah. They really can. So. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, Nancy, your passion is contagious. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here today and being our guest, Jimmy. Thank you. I'm grateful always to have you be part of the Loris community as a, as a faculty member, but also to be on the Women's Leadership Alliance Board. Uh, you have a tremendous voice, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and then up next, we have on December 4th, we have Melissa Wagner. She's a 2009 graduate, uh, so we're looking forward to that. And, and next week, next week is Thanksgiving so um, which I cannot believe but I hope that uh, those that are listening out there uh, that you and your families have a very happy Thanksgiving and and uh, don't eat too much turkey.